Jeff, good morning. Good morning, David. And we are here 10 days after we talked about Egypt. And wow, look what's happening in the world. We now have yet another uprising taking place in Libya. Yes. And this is not that it's the only one, but it's the one that definitely it's on the front burner of the news. Yeah. yeah. It's that whole ring of Arab countries is really happening and in play. And not only just that, but you can look at Iran, we can look at China. There's a, a big happening, a big yelp for modernity, mm-hmm. that people are saying that we want to be counted. We want to have dignified lives. We want to assume the rights of man that have been, you know, so deeply in the groove of of developed and Western countries. And this is some of the last holdouts. If you look at the planet as a whole, what's happening in the Middle East is really one of the last bastions of a whole group of people, in this case, you know, roughly 300 million people mm-hmm. moving into modernity. So even with that said, then, we can see that if you look, you, you sort of raise the resolution like in a Google map, you can see that each of these countries has its own story and is doing its own thing. Right. So. so let's talk about Libya. Let's start there. We can kind of move through the others that you mentioned, because it is interesting to watch it over the whole pattern. But what for you, what makes Libya different than Egypt? There are two developmental levels, basically. I mean, if you want to just get very, very simplistic, Libya is still probably center of gravity tribal, um, and Egypt is center of gravity traditionalist. So there is a big difference in how those two operate. Um, Egypt is a cultural center. It's 80 million people. It's cosmopolitan. It has institutions such as the military and and courts and so forth. Uh, Mubarak liked to live in a palace and dressed in a suit and tie and hobnobbed with the leaders of the whole world and saw himself, Mm -hmm. in a way, as a modernist player. With no doubt that there was plenty of red in Egypt in terms of the secret police and so forth. No doubt about that. We're talking centers of gravity. So that's Egypt. Basically, when it comes to the final thing, it's like power really does matter. Mm-hmm. And the military wasn't willing to fire on their own people. In Egypt. In, in fact, Egypt. they were seen as the respected force. That's exactly. What we talked about And that's time. critical. And that's a marker of, you know, good, solid, moving into blue, orange kind of centers of gravity in terms of development. But then you go back to Libya, where there's no doubt that there are people, in fact, the people in, that are leading the uh, rebellion are modernists. Mm-hmm. You know, they're dressing. It's interesting. You know, look what, what they're dressing. Blue jeans and shirts, right. T-shirts, modernists. Right. Suit and tie, modernists. Mm-hmm. Uh, headband and, and robe, tribalist. Mm-hmm. These are the markers. So you get into Gaddafi, who is, you know, just a red unremarkable in a certain way, mafia, Don, it's his tribe. Mm -hmm. His tribe is going to go down with him Mm -hmm. uh, because they're going to go down one way or the other. It's not just Gaddafi. That's one of the things we have to remember is he has a a power structure that he has built up there, but it's very, very red. It's very much, you know, we will absolutely use whatever force is necessary to prevail. So that's where we are. And, you know, 
I think it's that his days are numbered and the modern world will move in as we are with warships and so forth. And probably if he doesn't get knocked off or resign or whatever or flee, who knows what he'll do, then we'll have a no-fly zone in there sooner than later and really just sort of manage the his takeover by a rebel force. And, you know, I think that, that will that's definitely to the good big time to the good. Now, will that country have an easy time moving into modern structures? Not like Egypt will, Mm -hmm. because Egypt has so many modern structures already in place, and that's the difference between these two. And then if you look around the rest of the Middle East, they, you know, all have their own story. If you go to Bahrain, these are people who have high standards of living. They make like, I think it's $37,000 on average in that country. It's, it's amazing. And yet they're fighting and dying against a monarchy that is um, led by a minority. It's led by a Sunni and it's largely a Shiite state. And so, you know, what's interesting to me is as we look as integralists at this whole sort of area, of, of the world that's really in major transition. There's a big, when we look at evolution, there's a big punctuation happening right now. This is very historic and new, whole new things are coming online here. Is, you know, what's our role here and how can we help and how can we participate in this? You know, what gives me hope is that there are a lot of grooves for modernity. And, and by modernity, I'm talking about you know, good legal structures and social institutions that protect us from basically patronage and what modernists see as corruption. And that's an interesting sort of uh, evolutionary view right there is that in tribal societies, patronage is the economy. You know, you one tribe scratches the back of their own people and, you know, You have to pay to play and so forth. That's why it's really important who rules those tribal countries. So, Jeff, one of the things that I see that is really different is that in this particular case, we have the oil card that is in play. And so what have we seen literally within a week to 10 days of this civil war erupting in Libya is that in this country, but across the world, gas prices have gone up by about 25 cents a gallon, which is a pretty hefty leap. And talk of much more that in a certain sense, if if this is whatever this is not solved, that in a certain sense, not only in Libya, but if you continue to see this kind of evolution, shall we say, rather than revolution, but really is both evolving across countries that have oil, that we're still very dependent on Mideast oil. And this then brings in something different in our view about possibly what do we do, right? Would we allow one of these things as much as we support democracy uh, to crash the world economy again? And there's all that talk. So the question of do we intervene, not intervene, yes, has its all of its ethical grounds. But at the end of the day, it's going to be an interesting test for the Western world is can you stay out of it if it actually means that oil business has gotten so unstable that you're actually now dealing with huge fuel spikes and that then is already taking an already shaky economy worldwide and may drive it into the second episode of 
recession and maybe even depression? Yeah. Well, I think that it's going to be, and I think we realize this, the people in charge, if you will, realize that it's going to be in our interests uh, as oil-consuming countries, which is most of the world, that modernity move into the Middle East. Because modernity is actually very friendly to trade, of course. I mean, it has its downsides. Modernity isn't the be-all and end-all, as we integralists know, but it's better than the stage before it, which was these various autocracies and these various hereditary kingdoms and so forth that are very, you know, sort of innately unstable because they're just not very complex. You know, they don't have a lot of intelligence online. And modernity does. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be in our interest for that to happen. It'll be interesting to see how we actually, as the Western world in America uh, particularly, deals with this change that's happening. And, you know, it was very interesting. It was one of the most stunning, really, developments that I've seen in the last year, in a way, is the the talk that the Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates, gave at West Point last week or a couple of days ago, where he said, and I'll mangle the quote a little bit, but this is basically the idea is that any future Secretary of Defense who recommends to the President of the United States that we take a large land force into any Asian, African, he named, you know, basically all of the hotspots of the world, any defense secretary who would say that we would ever do that again ought to have his head examined. Those are very strong words Mm -hmm. that I think reflect a realization that the intelligentsia has had in the United States, most of them, uh, and in most of the developed world. And that is the era of that kind of warfare is over. Mm -hmm. That what we learned in Iraq and Afghanistan is that there are better ways to do this. And actually, if you look at Egypt, things took care of themselves in a way that nobody was predicting. Through a sort of zeitgeist, a modernist vibe, a morphic field that's sort of planetary, then we have to factor that in. As integralists, we can factor that in. Between that and you know, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all four quadrants, there was just a, an impulse to move, to say no more. Mm-hmm. It, the, the demographic bulge of half the population being under 30. This is historically impossible to contain mm-hmm. the energies of a generation under 30 mm-hmm. when they're frustrated and they see a better way. You just kind of can't do it. It's either going to be more or less bloody, but it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it is, and it has. And so we can factor that in and we can trust that. And we can see that Iraq, after all of the horrors of the last 10 years in Iraq, they're at a place now where, yes, they had their demonstrations too last week, Mm -hmm. but their demonstrations was for better government. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about overthrowing Maliki's regime or any of that kind of stuff. It was about deliver the goods. Mm -hmm. And that's great. That's a good kind of demonstration. That's, That's a good, peaceful, modernist kind of... We want good government. That's roughly the same kind of thing we're seeing right now in Egypt, is the continued demonstrations in Egypt are about, let's clean this up. Let's um, find out where Mubarak's money is. You know, let's bring justice. This is not about punishment or revenge or anything. Modernism doesn't care about revenge. Tribalism does.
The interesting thing to me is when I look back at the history of the last, you know, 10 years, because it's easy to look at Gaddafi and say, this guy is nuts and say, oh, my God, it's another ranting, you know, whatever. And he's just so out of touch with reality and so on. But he didn't survive 40, whatever it's been, 41 years by being nuts. I mean, he survived with a certain sort of street smarts that he was, you know, over and over and over again, not only manipulated things within his own country between tribes and the Western world. I mean, we've made deals with him that you go back and just say, why? I mean, the most recent one was the release of the Pan Am guy that was the only person ever convicted of the Pan Am airplane blowing up over, you know, Scotland. And people said, why did they let him out? He said, well, it was humanitarian reasons. He go, yeah, this is a guy who's supposed to be living three months and it's now been a year and a half. So is that story true? And the other part that you see is that Britain and Scotland got a great trade deal. Of course, this was all happened before Libya. So, but one of the things that he did, which has actually led to this, I think, in a certain sort of way, is that he did respond to pressure that he needed to open up immigration for his own people to go abroad and study. So they actually allowed a new generation of kids to go study in the Western world. And guess what? Guess who's leading this now? Because they got a taste of it. So in a certain sense, it's just interesting to sort of watch the karma, for lack of a better word. You try to let it off a little bit because you want to, but then you just sort of let the cat out of the bag. And then eventually evolution does take its course. It does indeed. You can do business with somebody who's red. You know, you just know that you're dealing with the mafia. You know you're dealing... It's it's bluster. It's, you know, thin-skinned. It's brutal. It's, you know, think of rap music. Think of Hell's Angels. You know, there's red that's glorified in, you know, artistically. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. It's something that is still exists in each of us. You know, that power to say, fuck you. It's like Gaddafi said... Democracy, yes, whatever, and in the end, the powerful still rule. That's true. I mean, there's something about that that's just dumb smarts kind of thing. And fortunately, what we see as evolutionaries is that not only does development bring more goodness, truth, and beauty online, it also brings more power online. And so the more developed countries actually can control and influence, at least, what's going on as these other countries develop. And this is, this is what's really up now for us in the West and in America and all of this. Is, so how do we help here? How, what, what role do we play? And what Bob Cates said, the Secretary of Defense, is invasion is no longer. We realize that's not an option that causes more trouble than it's worth. And if we had just sort of contained Saddam, kept a no-fly zone, you know, kept him from doing the worst that he could do to his people. In, you know, some period of time, he was going to be overthrown anyway. Mm-hmm. We look at some of these other people now. That's a new argument. I think it's right. a good argument. In Afghanistan, you know, we're, we're dealing at a very, you know, this is a tribal country. This is full-on tribal, mm-hmm. except for Kabul and, you know, some, there's some modernist elements in there, no doubt about it. But what we're doing in Afghanistan now is nation building. And we ought to just say that it's nation building. Al-Qaeda has been run out of Afghanistan. And the big issue there is, can we actually stomach allowing the Taliban to come back this in? This is what can I Can we actually, with modern media technology, right. can we sit back and see what happens when the Taliban comes back into some of these places that have been liberated, if you will, and re-repress women and cut off hands Mm -hmm. 
and do what they do. This is what I think is so interesting about what you're saying, is because when we look at these developmental levels and say, yes, we can look at Libya, we can look at Egypt and see what's emerging. But what you're suggesting now is that this is actually a developmental test for us yes. as well. So Gates's comment, you know, any guy from me on is not going to commit land forces to protect our interests. Right. And what are our interests, right? Particularly in the Middle East, our interests, simplistic sort of stance, is we need the oil to flow. Because yep. if it doesn't, because we haven't come up with any alternatives, we then have real serious problems in our economy. And so we go in and we make deals with people that we know are harsh on their people because we admire their stability so that business can be done. So which is a very modern point of view. Is you make a deal. Continue. Thank God. So you start dealing with the devil. I mean, that's progress right. until you get to the point where you realize that there's a better way than that. Right. And that is that we can make the devil kind of go away. There's new emergence in these countries that are more humane. They're modern. Mm -hmm. And we want to support that because that's going to be the stability that we need to keep the oil flowing mm -hmm. as we transition out of an oil economy, as we have transitioned out of other energy economies. It was interesting watching the last night, this is Tuesday, so watching the conversation last night about, you know, what are we doing and what could we be doing? And there were lots of perspectives being presented and right. so on. And this goes right to the heart of where you started with Gates in a certain sense of it's one thing to say we're not going to do that. But then the question we always have in these developmental moves for ourselves, for our culture and whatever is, you know, do we need to develop new muscles that's usually what we say yep. do we need when you're in that transition and not quite stabilized at whatever the next level is you know of development is for you then we all know what we go through because we go through this personally we're going through it with now with intervals where are we right about developing actual integral muscles around something right so gates says you know you could you could say it this way we're widening our circle of care we're not going to commit troops you know on the ground like we did in iraq to go in and simply fix it Right. And we certainly have the power to do that, although we see what happens afterwards and maybe that's not the best thing and so on. But last night, there, for instance, there were people were saying some of the perspectives were, all right, so we have this eastern, in quotes, provisional government. Why aren't we recognizing them? And the oil fields, by the way, if you want to get real practical, the oil fields are sitting out in the east as well. And right now, the reports are is that a lot of the tribal folks are looting. They're taking trucks. They're doing this is because that's, you know, it's the opportunity for them, right? right. I mean, to basically, this is a heyday. Uh, or arming, like we did, by the way, in Afghanistan against the Russians. Russia. Well, and these are the lessons we've learned. So the question is, in your mind, it seems like there's some muscles that need to be grown here and so that the world going forward, right? If I'm sitting in a country and saying, do I want to make a move against somebody, that there is some, not that there would be any game plan that would be the same for each, but I would have a sense about how the United States and the West possibly could help me and respond without committing troops, which is nobody in Libya is asking for that. We need humanitarian help, we need blood, yes. we need food, yes. we need stabilization. Yes. And even just so the guy said last night, if they would just, if we would just say we recognize the provisional government, that gives such a weight to this movement. That's well, I'm on. sure there are very smart people thinking about that very question. <clears throat> and behind and the scenes. So exactly. I get that. And I get so that. I'm kind of trusting that, you know, I, I kind of like Obama and, you know, I think he's got a good sense about these things. And I, I think he's done really well with all of this, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and um, we have, um, you know, this, the, it's always a test case. I mean, what the West, how the West helps Libya. 
going forward. They don't have good institutions. Right. They don't have a strong military. Right. They don't have... Um, um, they do have a well-educated, um, you know, I guess relatively of, the of, of, of their population. Uh, they have a lot of oil. I mean, it's its own kind of a situation. They should be able to finance themselves. I think it would be completely responsible for the West to go in and protect the oil fields. But I, I'm not sensing that that's really going to be in play. It mm. doesn't feel like that kind of a revolution. It feels like, you know, people want to make Libya work. People in Libya want to make Libya work as a respected citizen of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, are they going to have more tribal uh, problems? Yes. And that's, you know, all of the modernists in all of these countries, I wouldn't be surprised if they're as deluded as the modernists are in our country. And that is that we continue to be surprised that there are religious fundamentalists in our midst. Mm. You know, they go to work, they look, you know, whatever, but you've given them a vote and they're going to vote. You know, they don't believe in evolution. That could, these, this kind of stuff is going to be there for a long, long time. Right. But can these countries just join the world community? That's all we ask, mm -hmm. you know, and not be a danger to themselves or each other. Mm -hmm. And that's a basic minimum at which we're going to have to tolerate various kinds of things that we find distasteful. Right in terms of cultural oppression of women and gays and whatever. They're going to have to move through the, these levels themselves. Mm -hmm. There are things that we can do with the outlaws, short of invading them now, that we can see. You know, the, the, the big controversy with the Iranian nuclear weapons program was, should we or should we not bomb them? Right. Well, it turns out we shredded them through a computer worm. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's the kind of warfare we want to be fighting. Mm. You know, economic sanctions, people poo-poo them and see that they're like a sieve and things. But they, you know, Iran is currently at an inflation rate of 26%. Right. You know, th that country is, it's going to have a hard time being an island against the rest of the world, especially as... Um, the rest of the you know, Middle East moves to democracy. Right. So what you're pointing out here, which I think is useful, is that in this whole notion of even a global presence emerging that maybe that is going to be different than, say, the nationalist state model that we've had for so long, I mean, in, that we're used to in the United States has dominated since the Second World War. All of that yes. on any front is changing. Yes. We always Thank God. said yes and also be careful what you wish for in a certain sense yes. that a, a global system, as Ken points out, also can be very dominating. Yes. Right. So the question is, that question is still up about how we're going to yes. navigate all that. So it's not just about us looking at Libya and, and Iraq. As we've said, there's also a learning curve here for us and the Western world and as this thing goes to global. So let's look at some of the other places. You mentioned Iran and you mentioned Afghanistan. Is there more to say about what's happening there and also Iraq now, which, which, as you pointed out, is actually having healthier conversations about better government rather than, you know, killing the people that are in power? Yeah, and what they had to go through to get there. This is the principle that evolution is not always pretty. Ten years of war in Iraq, their tribal stuff, they've metabolized a lot, so much of that stuff. They, they really want to be Iraqis. They want to make Iraq work. They have a an elected government that the whole world recognizes was fair. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, those are huge accomplishments mm -hmm. for Iraq, mm -hmm. considering they were a mafia state 10 years ago. What we realized, what the lesson we learned, and Bob Gates said it, was that there's a better way to do that. Mm -hmm. 
than shock and awe. But there we are. There's a certain assumption of responsibility. Once you break it, you have to sort of fix it. Same with Afghanistan. So we're in there. And, you know, I, I sympathize with Obama because to withdraw, even if we would just withdraw to the point where we were just had some base where we could make sure that Al-Qaeda is not getting reformed and, you know, just sort of work with the most egregious repercussions of tribalism coming back. I think Afghanistan's a work in progress, and I'm sympathetic to staying there and working it out. Moving from a direct military activity to more of nation-building activity, and I think we're in the process of learning what that is. And we have to you know, figure out a way to help that country move forward in the most intelligent way without being deluded that right. they you know, need to have a Jeffersonian democracy that tribalism still has to be a piece of it. This, this is the stuff. We, we still have to do this in, in sub-Saharan Africa, too. That's, that's yet to come. But part of an evolving world is we have so much intelligence online. We know what works and we know what doesn't. We have mistakes yet to be made. But I actually think that um, the grooves are so well cut to help these you know, emerging countries move into modernity and beyond that it's just a really interesting time to be alive mm -hmm. and to see this happening. Well, thank you, Jeff. We will check in again soon because this wheel will have turned one more time, yeah. not just in Libya, but God knows when we wake up tomorrow morning, what else? It'll be a and new so, story. But this is so hopeful in terms of sorting it out through yeah. the, the integral view. So thanks. Yeah, my great pleasure.